0: Hi, I'm Dave Plisky, and welcome back to For You and For Me, a new way to listen to Monsignor Kieran Harrington's homilies. This past Sunday was the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, also known as Corpus Christi. It was also Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all our dad listeners out there. In his homily, Monsignor helps us understand the transubstantiation of the Eucharist at Mass through the thinking of early church doctor Thomas Aquinas. What we believe about the Eucharist is the same thing that we believe about ourselves at baptism and ever after. And this makes a difference in how we as Catholics experience communion. He asks us to think about the things about ourselves that seem to divide us in the world, things that are not actually of our substance as God's children. And he asks us to do away with these and focus on what is substantive, the things that we must change for God.
1: Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers today uh, is in the life of the Church is the Feast of Corpus Christi or what we call the Body and Blood of Christ, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ. Something which many of you who have been here for a while would have heard me say before is, is that this feast day actually has its, uh, has its origins or actually has some deep secular roots as well. And if you think about an expression that many of us maybe when we were children, when you would try to perform a magic trick you would always say hocus-pocus. Where does hocus-pocus come from? Why is that that we have this language? Hocus-pocus is from the Latin, which is hoc est anim corpus meum. It was the Protestants who said, you Catholics are performing magic to say that bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. So next time you hear, hocus pocus, consider this origin. It's at the Mass, and what the priest is doing. And so this raises a good question. What is it that we believe about the Eucharist? What is it that we Catholics believe about the Eucharist? And St. Thomas Aquinas, when he spoke about this, and incidentally, when we speak about we who are Catholics, we're also speaking about the Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox, what we believe is, is that... The bread and the wine become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. But St. Thomas speaks to us about two worlds, a world of substance and a world of accidents. So think for a minute, what's an accident? An accident happens to be that I am fat. Others are thin. An accident is, is that I am white. An accident is that you are black. An accident is that he is tall. An accident is that I am short. These are accidents. Are they essential to what it is to be a human being? No. These are on the periphery. So then what makes me a human being? What is it that makes me a human being? And think about this, we would think about maybe consciousness that I can reflect, that I know right and wrong, not simply a response to pain and suffering. Right? That's an animal. An animal knows, I put, touch this, I get hurt. The animal reacts to pain. We kind of think about the morality of something, right and wrong. After all, the animals don't have religion, do they? Think about what's unique to us as human beings, that we have a religious faith. And so, therefore, why is it that we have this religious faith? We're reflecting on our experience. This is essential. Now consider the bread and the wine. What makes it bread? What makes it wine? Is it its chemical composition? That's the accident. That's not the essential elements of bread and wine. And what we as Catholics believe at at the essential level of whatever it is that makes it bread or whatever it is that makes it wine, which is hard to describe, isn't it? That that is what has changed and becomes the body and blood, the soul and divinity of Christ. Now, what are the ramifications for us of that? If we do not believe that, and it is a difficult teaching to believe, notice the gospel that Manuel read for us. This gospel passage is part of what's called the bread of life discourse. Just before we get to this part, Jesus has fed the multitude with bread. They were clamoring for him then, because they were hungry, and he gave them bread. But as soon as he gets to this part where he says, by the way, I am the bread of life, I am the one who has come down from heaven, you have to eat on my bread, you have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. That's when the Jewish people said, this guy is nuts. The multiplication of loaves? That we accept. Your bread? Your, wa- your blood? I mean, the ancient Romans actually indicted Christians as cannibals for that. So what is it then that we believe? The challenge is, is that we become the body of blood of Christ as we receive the body and blood of Christ. A lot of times people will get upset and say, why is it that when I come to an Episcopal church or a Lutheran church or Methodist church or a Baptist church or a Presbyterian church, when they have communion, everybody comes up. The Catholic Church that doesn't happen. Why? It seems so exclude. We seem to be excluding people because we believe that the communion we receive, the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ is an expression of the communion we share, that I am the body and blood of Christ. And if I don't believe that the bread and wine can can turn into the body and blood of Christ, then I don't believe that I can share in the mystical body of Christ, because somehow, by virtue of my baptism, I am changed. It's no longer simply Kieran Harrington, the son of Agnes and Kieran Harrington, but somehow now a child of God who stands here, whose soul is indelibly marked, My father, who's here, Happy Father's Day, Dad. You can wave. He always sits at the back of church. You know, he gave me life. But the gift he gave me ultimately is extinguished. I die. God the Father gives me life eternal. How does that happen? That happens because my soul is marked. I am changed by virtue of baptism. If I don't believe that the bread and wine, the substance, what makes it bread and wine, can change into the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, how is it that I can believe that I can change? And this is the challenge, a lack of faith. But guess what? Your lack of faith, and certainly my lack of faith, is not something which is new. Consider for a moment what we hear in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a fascinating story, right? Moses is reflecting on those years in the desert. What happened? Consider for a moment that if you were a Jew and you were living in Egypt, you were as good as dead. They would work you to the bone until you died. They wouldn't feed you. They'd give you the minimal amount of food. They'd get the maximum amount out of you. And by the way, they would kill the boys because they did not want a threat from men uprising. The situation, if you were a Jew in Egypt, was kind of bleak. And so Moses, inspired by God, leads the people out of the slavery of Egypt. Consider all the signs. He leads them out. Consider walking through the Red Sea. How miraculous all this that is taking place in their life. And yet when they get into the desert, what do they say? Moses, why did you take us here? We're starving. We're thirsty. It would have been better if we stayed in Egypt. Well, that's you and me, isn't it? Think about the demands of our Christian faith sometimes and the sufferings that we endure and how we see it. Sometimes we say, I just wish I weren't a Christian. I wish I were just like a pagan like everybody else. Moses says, reflecting on that, says 40 years we wandered in the desert and when we were hungry, God gave us bread from heaven. And Jesus is saying to you and to me today that he is that bread which doesn't sustain us just here in this world, but in the life to come. You know, we live in a time which is quite challenging. Of course, everyone knows this past week, terrible shooting that takes place in Alexandria, Virginia with a congressional baseball team. Consider Christian killing Christian. How is this an expression of faith? How is it that our body politic has so eroded, has become so corrupted, that we don't see our fellow American, whether we disagree with them or not, as a human being whom I am called to love? The truth of the matter is, is that there are a lot of people who are really frustrated with a Republican Congress and a Republican President and they feel there's racism and anger. There might be a lot of things that maybe some of you feel The question is, is is that hatred? Is that Christian? And similarly, the racism and the frustration and the the lack of concern for the poor and those who are oppressed. Is that Christian? Is that a Christian response? And do we even pray for one another as a nation? We've become so corrupted as a nation that we've forgotten that America forget the diversity that we all share here. America was fundamentally founded as a Christian nation. Whatever they want to teach at college or at high school is absolutely a reinvention of what had happened with our founding fathers. And if you don't believe that there's reinvention, just see what happened in the New York Times this week where the editorial pages write one thing absolutely not grounded in truth. They make a a small correction and move on. America is a religious nation. They were pilgrims who came here. Pilgrims. They were seeking religious freedom. And if you consider for a moment the the beautiful sequence that we heard today that Alejandro was writing for us, he speaks about the bread for the pilgrims. The truth of the uh, fact is, is that what we recognize here in this place, in this time, is that we are not Republican or Democrat, independent, communist, whatever you want to be, those are accidents. That's an accident. Substance is we're Americans. And so therefore, there is something which binds us together, which is an idea. It is not a function of black, white, brown, yellow, male, female, liberal, conservative. It's an aspiration. And so today, as we celebrate this Feast of Corpus Christi, it might be good for us to consider the substance and accidents of things. Consider what it is that makes us a human being. Why am I different as a human being? What does that mean in terms of how I live in the world? How does that give importance to my life? Do I just move from thing to thing, sort of sleepwalking, or does my humanity require a change in how I look at the world, a total reformation of my life? And then when I look at myself, not simply as a human, but I see myself as a Christian, how is it that I see that when the priest calls forth us for communion, and he holds up the host, and he says to you, the body of Christ, and you respond, amen, so be it, that I refer to the host, which is the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ, which you consume because you are the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. And if I, and we will have a Eucharistic procession today, can reverence the host in the monstrance, the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, how does that require me to reverence you, who are my brothers and sisters, and another Christ in the world? Today is the feast of the body and blood of Christ. The truth of the matter is, is I don't care if you believe that the host becomes the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ or not. The fact is, it happens. That is a matter of revelation by Jesus Christ. Your opinion does not matter. The opinion of the whole world does not matter. Truth is truth. And so for you and for me, if I can embrace that reality, that bread and wine can become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, then I can embrace the reality that I can be transformed and you can be transformed into his body and blood, which is broken and poured out for the world. May God bless you.
0: I'm not sure if I'm ready to go out and read St. Thomas Aquinas's Summa Theologiae, but I sure am thankful to him for his thinking and to Aristotle for laying the metaphysical groundwork. If you're in Brooklyn, I invite you to come to English Language Mass at the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph at 9 a.m. or 12 noon on Sundays. On Twitter, you can tweet at Monsignor H and with the hashtag F-Y-A-F-M, or you can email me comments or questions at podcast at desalesmedia.org, and I may be able to address them the next time we do a face-to-face episode. For You and For Me is brought to you by Desales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. For Monsignor Kieran Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by for you and for me.